There are things that music can do that the spoken word cannot. So thank you for such lovely and meaningful music this morning for our worship service. Our scripture passage for today comes from Psalm, and it's chapter 112. Hear now a reading from God. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be firmly fixed in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. They have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. But the wicked will see and be vexed. They will gnash their teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. That's how this psalm starts. And blessed is obviously something good. Blessings, the word means something like exceedingly happy, flourishing, living a good life. So flourishing, exceedingly happy, and a good life belong to those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. But what if we don't find great delight in his commands? What do we do when God commands something that, quite frankly, we don't want to do? Often, don't we just not do them? I hear you, God, that I should forgive. I should forgive 70 times, seven times. Not just say I forgive, I should act like I forgive. But that doesn't sound very fun. Sometimes I'd rather harbor a grudge. In fact, revenge sounds pretty fun. But at the very least, I have the right to be mad at them for what they did to nurse the wound for a few days or months or years. Surely I don't have to forgive. Surely it's not required to serve when my heart isn't in it. Surely it's not required to. But does not our real problem lie in our having no place in our lives for the word must? We hardly know how to pronounce it anymore. Must. Too heavy, too burdensome, too confining, this must. Many of us and our children have been reared on the principles of self-expression, self-assertion, self-fulfillment. And don't get me wrong, I like the self-expression of a good pair of high-heeled shoes. But that's what we've been reared on. Some of us as young parents were so afraid we would damage the fragile psyches of our children that we dared not intrude their lives with a crippling 
must. Even if they were setting fire to the living room or sawing the family dog in half. There is simply no room for must. Especially not in religion. Certainly not in religion. Where this is about us and God and how God loves us and love is about this desire that we want God. So we admit that we sometimes must go to work and must go to school. But who is going to say that I must follow God or must go to worship? Surely no one. In religion, the guiding principle is wanting to do it, enjoying it. That seems to be the point, the freedom, the joy. Even here in this Psalm 112, delighting in God's commands, it's about delight. Which makes sense. If you don't enjoy it, do you get any good out of doing it? If you don't really want to, then you're just fulfilling some sort of obligation saying words you don't mean, doing stuff you'd rather not. Religion is to flow from a free and willing heart. Otherwise, it's just hypocrisy, right? So, when we meet those who speak of their religion and faith with must or have to, we might say they need therapy. And maybe they do. But it also may be that this common resistance to must and have to is really a massive cop-out, a rejection of responsibility on our part. Just how does one get to feeling right in order to act as a Christian? Is it not true that feeling right more often than not comes after and not before doing right? Suppose getting out of bed, or getting on the highway and facing traffic, or cleaning carpets, or preparing for exams, or grading papers, waited upon our having hearts aflutter and leaping up with the love of the task. The world would grind to a halt. You feel right after you've done it, but not necessarily before. Imagine this for me. If the IRS said you don't have to do your taxes until such movement of the heart that you are just compelled to carry box 42C and subtract it from 13A, then write that in 16B after accounting for dependence, the lunar cycle, and personal preference to find out how large of a check you need to write the government. No one would ever pay their taxes. The world just doesn't work that way. Well, I'm sorry. Our organist is not playing anymore because her heart isn't in it and she doesn't want to be a hypocrite, so she's just gone home. Or the pulpit is empty. Right on, right on you. Or the pulpit is empty because the preacher just didn't feel like getting up today and showing up. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We're so resistant to the must and the have to. But we want music and worship and sermons to be preached and taxes need to be filled out and carpets need to be cleaned and we need to go to work. As much of this is in all of the world, it's also in church. So our psalm today, it says, Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in God's commands. But it's a strange connection. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and find great delight in His commands. 
fear of God connected to delight, fear and delight, delight and command, delight and must. It's strange. It's strange because we think the process of delight starts on our end. It starts with our hearts. Do what feels right in your heart and then you'll have joy. But is that order correct? Consider Madame Curie, pioneer in the field of science who isolated radium and with that breakthrough opened many new avenues to the field of medicine. You remember how it was with her? Frostbitten toes out there in the shed with inadequate food, no financial support, working night and day through tons of rock to isolate this one element. Step out there in that shed with her and ask her about it. Are you having a good time? Are you out here because it's so much fun? No. Joy comes after. Out in the freezing shed, it's something she must do, she has to. Or stop the Apostle Paul, if you can, for a brief interview. Converted as an adult, sick much of his life, imprisoned, often stoned, beaten, rejected, shipwrecked, exiled, chased in the country and trapped in the city, and yet one who was able to say, I must preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I must. Paul will say, there is joy in that following. The greatest joy, but it begins with must. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Blessed, exceeding happiness, fullness of life starts with this fear and command of Psalm 112. Which frankly is a problem. It's problematic, because if we are reluctant to use must in religion and tell people what they should or should not do, we might even be more nervous about this concept of fear. This isn't about fear, it's about love, it's about freedom and forgiveness, which is true. And yet, here it is. There's no metaphoring our way out of this word. It's got the sense of reverence and of adoration, sure, but at its heart, it means fear. Exceeding happiness begins with fearing God. Fearing the Lord comes first. If you want, if you love life and want more of it, if you desire good days full of joy, you actually start with fearing God, which will lead you to turn from evil and do good. It will lead you into keeping God's commands. Just this first verse in this psalm brings up so many questions. What is the role of fear in our faith? Is there room for that? Are there things we must do regardless of what our hearts say? It's hard for me about this psalm is that first verse feels disjointed from the rest. The rest of it that's inspiring and comforting, it's promising and happy, but verse 1 starts with fear and commands, which doesn't sound freeing. Feels like a jacket that's too small or wearing a winter sweater in the middle of August. Constricting, 
It feels like all the reasons people leave church in the first place, judgment and Bible thumping and yelling and playing and playing again and again until someone comes forward to be saved, blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. If we're honest with ourselves, we often live out of fear. Fear of scarcity, fear of missing out, fear of disappointing others, fear of not reaching our potential, fear of violent crime, fear of illness, fear of death. The only thing in scripture that we are to fear is God. Not all that other stuff. Fear God and God alone, for only God has authority over matters of life and death. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find delight in his commands. It's really tempting to edit must out of our faith. But faith without obedience isn't faith. Following the parts of Christianity that we like or the parts that we understand isn't faith. Faith is trusting. If we aren't willing to follow God beyond what we naturally want or naturally understand, how in the world do we expect God to give us things beyond what we can get on our own? Fear and commands. Those who fear the Lord and follow God's commands are promised things we cannot attain on our own. You want your children to be fixed in the land? You want them to be secure and safe? Fear the Lord and obey his commands. You want to find light even when you are walking in deep darkness. Fear the Lord and obey his commands. You want to have a life where you aren't shaken by the small things or shaken by the big things. Fear the Lord and obey his commands. You want to live a life where you are not afraid of bad news, not afraid of a diagnosis, not afraid of life alone, not afraid of the new job, not afraid of having to move. Fear the Lord and obey his commands. Do you want your heart to be secure? Do you want to be remembered? Fear the Lord and obey his commands. The question of this text is, must we fear God? Must we fear God? Must we really follow his commands? Must we? Well, no. But in the same way you won't get a paycheck if you don't go to work, and in the same way you won't graduate if you don't go to school, you won't receive the fullness, the depth of God if you don't fear him and obey his commands. So maybe you go to work and love it, or maybe it's just an obligation. And maybe you go to school and love it, or maybe it's just an obligation. But following God is different. On the front end, it looks like an obligation, this fear and command, this must. But the surprise of it all, the hidden surprise of it is all of this becomes so much deeper when we walk into God's commands. And the further and further into God's commands that we go, we begin to find delight in obeying them. It's not just a surprise. It's a promise. 
The promise is that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the obligation of following God will transform into the delight of following God. It begins with must, but it turns to delight. Must we fear God? Must we follow God's commands? Must we? Might I be so bold as to say, yes. Yes. I think we must. Let us pray. Lord God, we know that the freedom of following you comes in the following. And that to follow you means that we have to have faith, trusting that you will lead us to paths that we could never imagine and open doors that we never thought possible. Lord God, you are a God of love and hope and mercy. And as we follow you deeper and deeper and deeper into your commands of loving God and loving neighbor, you open up the world to us. Lord God, in following your commands, we find that our lives are filled with joy and delight, following you into a personal relationship that can transform our lives and transform this world. Give us the courage to follow you in all faith. In your holy name we pray. Amen. <laughs>